0: We want to we take this time to honor Brian and Cheryl, um, and we're going to have them come up, and uh, if you want to welcome them up, we're going to have them share about what God's doing in their lives. Come on up.
1: I should let you listen to the best first. My wife, Cheryl.
2: Well, I, I didn't have prepared to say what we're doing, but what we've done, maybe, of what some God that has done. So anyway, I will start there. That um, we're very privileged to be able to be a part of God's kingdom and to be able to see what God has done in our lives as just simple human beings and how we are obedient to Him. He does great things in your life and in our lives, right? He is great. Well, I, I was thinking of a couple of little things that I wanted to share about when the first the church first started, and within that year, <laughs> in that first year, we had a women's retreat, which I guess it being a little small church, that's not the biggest of things, but that was for, for me and for the ladies, and it was based on Psalm 1, where it says that there's a tree that's planted by the river of water who brings forth fruit and whose leaf doesn't wither, and whatever it does, it prospers, and God had instilled it in, in us and in myself that these women need to have God's word as their foundation just so that they can flourish and be godly. And so with that in mind, I think I have seen that. He's planted us by the living water. He's, we've seen him prosper and, and do great things for his glory. And I think because God has instilled that into us to teach and preach and give the word of God that you've been fed. And that's so important because we have to have that firm foundation on God's word. Also, um, I just wanted to remember that, you know, when we first were praying before the church began, we were praying for God to give us loving and giving people. I don't think we realized that when we prayed that, but it was a few years later when God reminded us of that, we prayed that, and that he gave us that, and you guys are so loving and giving, and I know it's because of God's word growing in you and you becoming strong, mature Christians. And you can take a simple child and feed them God's word, and they're they're mature in Christ, even at a young age. So you can see that with us as a body of Christ, it's the same thing. So we've been praying, and we've been given great servants and loving people. Um, the Lord also reminded me the other day as I was thinking of Phil and Joy and them coming and um, their family. And the Lord reminded me that when I was a a child, a kid, a teenager, um, I was a pastor's daughter. And in those days, the denomination we were in, we, we moved around a lot. And I remember when I was 15, we were moving to Buena Park, California. And I thought, Lord, I don't like moving. I don't like losing friendships, I don't like doing that, but I just prayed, Lord, just help us to really get there and do a great work for you. I mean, who am I at 15 to say something like that? But I just remember, you know, the goodness of God wrapping me around with his love. And as soon as we got to that church, those people were so loving, so giving, so accepting. Their arms were out to just, me as a 15-year-old had a couple of girls that were fighting over who was going to be my best friend and the youth group was thriving everything was just rich because of God's love and I just remembered that and I thought Joy Metzger you just need to hear that God's love is great and through God's people that love God there's a great love and I just wanted to encourage her that you know you guys need to love on them they're coming and their life is changing and this is a new experience for them, but just lavish your love upon them because God's love is a healer of all things and maybe they won't miss Hungary so much, right? <laughs> so I think for, for us, um, God provides everything that we ever need. And from this moment to the next moment, he provides and he sends us his love and his grace, his mercy. Those things are like unmatched. And I I think for you guys, the the biggest thing would be, be strong in the word, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, because his word is powerful, and once you have the word as your foundation, you won't go astray. And also to just love like Jesus, because if you love like Jesus, you can't go wrong there either, because it's God's spirit that's working in you to minister and to um, love others. And so... We love you guys very much, and we'll still be around here, coming and going, but we thank you for your prayers, your faithfulness, your support for everything that you've done for us, and for the Lord, obviously.
1: Well, in the Proverbs, it says, the Lord adds to you, and there's no sorrow with it, so Uh, People keep saying, oh, is there a little sadness or whatever? It's like zero, zero. It's um, nothing but absolute joy, because God is doing it. You know, 32 and a half years ago now, um, well, I guess closer to 33 years ago now, I was uh, down in Mexico City. I was on staff at the time with Horizon, and uh, we were coming back from doing a crusade down there and um, on the plane back i was listening to a rock band by the name of petra not of this world a great album still and uh and the lord just spoke to me and said by this time next year you're going to be pastoring a church and i thought you know what is going on it was just Handful of times when God just clearly spoke to me. And uh, I didn't really know what it meant. I just knew I had an overwhelming peace. And uh, I had never thought the thought of ever starting a church. I didn't even know how that such a thing is even possible. I'm like going, who's going to die? And I'm going to take over their church, you know? I I mean, I I couldn't even conceptualize. I'd never been a part of one, never saw one. And I came back and and shared it with Cheryl and we just started praying and God just started Confirming I don't have time to go into all the story, but it it, it was just an amazing thing and I And uh, and then the Lord spoke I want you to go to South Bay And and start a church there and I didn't really know South Bay that well and um, and uh, I had um, called my friend, Brian Parrish, who had just started pastoring Coward Chapel La Mirada a few months earlier. He's a good friend of mine from college. And, and I said, hey, Brian, and we'd get together and just, we used to call it face walking. We'd get on our knees and on our faces and just pray and pray for sometimes hours, sometimes all night long. And uh, I called him up and said, hey, can we just get together and pray? And I said, yeah, that's nothing unusual for us so we I think we met and went up there and and uh and we were just praying and and he said man God gave me this verse I don't know what it is but look it up in Acts chapter 8 uh, and it says and the spirit spoke to Philip arise and go south he goes <laughs> and I hadn't told him at this point I was thinking about starting a church I hadn't nothing I hadn't told him anything it was just something I treasured in my heart Cheryl treasure in her heart we we're just praying through this didn't know if that meant what, what really the Lord meant by that, and uh, and we looked at the verse and it says the Spirit said to Philip, rise and go south. He's like, the Lord's saying, Brian, you need to get up and go south and start a church, and it was just like, whoa, <laughs> um, and just things like that. And I, I, there were several of them, and um, so as I was praying about this and treasuring it in my heart, uh, at the time. I had been most of the time on staff at Horizon under Ray Bentley, who's now the pastor of Calvary Chapel Maranatha. um, But Mike McIntosh came back to repastor Horizon, and along with that was Bill Goodrich, his assistant. And Bill called me in his office, and he's like, man, we've loved you being here, um, and we want you to continue to be here for several more years, but we also know that God's called you to be a pastor of a church. And um, at some point we wanna be a part of that. And that's when I told him, I said, the Lord's already spoke to me. And he goes, no, 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 not now, (laughs) in a few years. And I'm like, you know, this is what the Lord spoke that I need to go south and start a church. And and, uh, he said, well, let's just pray about it. And and I just committed to the Lord. I, I just, to me, Just submitting under authority to Mike, even though I hadn't known him but a few months as my pastor, it was just absolutely the Lord. And I remember there was another guy at the time, John Hughes, who went and started a church in Linda Vista area, who we were just both at that place and and, and just going, you know, unless Father Jacob (laughs) lays his hand on our thigh and prays and blesses us and sends us out, you know, there's no way. And so it was just sort of God, you got to do it because the church had just gone through a tremendous split. Uh, Ray went to Mira Mesa, and and about seventy percent of the church went with him, and then the other thirty percent stayed their horizon. So it was a very uh, difficult time at the church, and needed all hands on deck. And uh, and I remember going in uh, to Mike and. And uh, at that time, the Lord had showed me not to start it until uh, September, really ended up being August 31st. But, and, um, and at this point it was like January. And, and, uh, and he's in, I talked to him and he just said, man, God's in it. God's in it. And uh, he goes, but can you wait till uh, next September? And I just remember going, and man, had Mike said, you know what, I don't bear witness with this forget this idea I was like fine it's it's something I I really don't know what I'm doing anyway Um, but uh, yeah but then um, as it turned out um, two weeks before they were gonna lay hands on me and announce that um, I was coming to South Bay to start a church they got the property up in Claremont and so it ended up being the same Sunday We're going further north, but Brian started a church in the south, and uh, that meant about five people came with us. (laughs) It would have been zero, and uh, most of those people are still with us today, and um, so we ended up driving all over South Bay and ended up in uh, National City, Palmer Way Elementary School, right off of Plaza. It's really hard to find even to this day. But uh, we went out, th- went up there, and the school said, no, no church can meet here, although a church had been meeting there. And they had just stopped. And he goes, well, if you talk to this janitor, Mr. Salinas, he could actually do it. And so I'm like, okay. So we went and got approval from the janitor. And he goes, yeah, it's really up to me whether I'll be here or not. And, uh, and uh, he was an interesting guy. But he, he did that for us. And we were there for about six months. And uh, Bill Goodrich at Horizon had gotten this letter that there was a church uh, in um, National City, but right there in Benita was a Seventh-day Adventist church that said, hey, we we had a church here. You'd like to to come and, and rent the building. And Bill's like, hey, you should go look. And it was a very religious building. It was oppressively religious. And I'm just like, this is not us. There's no way. And And I remember going to the leaders I had at that time. The church grew by that time to about 400 people. The very first week we had, like I said, there's a few people from Horizon that came, and we passed out flyers in the neighborhood, which was basically all Filipino. So the first week, we had about 30 Filipinos there and a few other people, and, uh, and uh, God just moved. That first Sunday, I preached virtually all of them came to Christ and then those who didn't they, uh, those who did they went out and got their families and they kept coming and so basically I was pastoring a Filipino church for those first six months and uh, I never noticed it I mean people would come and say oh you got a Filipino church I'm like there's Filipinos here I, I, who you can't tell it's I, they were just people I never noticed uh, nationality I, I don't know why. It just it just never dawned on me. And, uh, But anyway, we ended up going uh, to this. I, I talked to the leaders and, and said that, that was there. Hey, guys, I want to do this. You want to do it? And they're like, yes, we should do it. And I'm like, guys, you like, were unanimous. And I just remember going, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was the Lord. It was a wonderful season. We were there about six years, but it was just choking us. And uh, when I first started, Ray Bentley said, hey, 10% savings, 10% building fund, 10% to missions. And then you survive on whatever you can survive on. And I'm like, yeah, it's like $8 in savings, $8 in building. This is going to be slow going. And uh, but sure enough, within those several years, we had uh, We hadn't hadn't been supporting the missionaries yet, but we had quite a substantial amount to start that ministry, as well as the building. And uh, we ended up buying a property, as you know, on 805 and E Street there in the uh, little valley there. It was a Jewish, Spanish-Jewish congregation. And they had a church split, and we're gonna get rid of this property. At the time, the properties were selling for over a million dollars throughout all the new area that was being developed at that time. And, and uh, we had, I think, $150,000 and they were selling it for 139,000 or something. And uh, all these churches bid like 99,000 whatever. we were like, yeah, since they discounted it by about 800,000, just give them what they want. You know, I don't know what the problem, we were the only ones that offered them the full amount. And uh, anyway, it was quite a miracle we built there. The county was horrendous. Uh, did not want us there, and it's quite a story to tell. But um, anyway, that's that's a story I can't go into it. But it was it was I generaled that building, had my hammer and nails, and and uh, built a good portion of that building uh, with my own hands. And uh, it was uh, quite a interesting season. But as soon as we got in there, God tremendously. Uh, now that we had a building just ministry after ministry started and within a couple of years we had outgrown it we had three services packed out there was no parking Um, and so we began praying you know Lord what's the next step and um, I I was not wanting to do another building project it was just too much but uh, anyway the Lord led us here and Quite many, many miracle stories. I wish I could go into all of them now of how the Lord provided uh, to build this place here. But I, I, I realized, and there was times where I was striving and just trying to perfect in my flesh what God did in the spirit and exhaust myself. And, and then the Lord would remind me, I'm building my church. You don't have to strain and stress, you know. And, and the gates of hell... <laughs> can't prevail against it. And believe me, we saw uh, the devil attack in some uh, incredible ways, but it never uh, detoured. And, um, you know, we just realized each and every step of the way God was doing it. I never felt like a pastor ever. I still don't feel like a pastor. People are like, You know what do you do and and so you know all my friends are like pastor brian at such and such and or pastor you know rob or pastor i never have done that like when people say what do i call you just call me brian you know just try not to call me meathead but outside of that just i've never i just feel like the luckiest christian that's ever existed i feel like the most blessed christian uh I, i i'm a teacher of god's word and um and so I just look back, man. I was 24 years old when the church started in July uh, of 1985, and then I turned uh, 25. Then, uh, about a couple months later, but I'm like, God, you're insane. I mean, I I didn't even know much about life, less pastoring a church. But God, God's amazing. And uh, I love what Paul said, you know, the Lord counted me faithful, putting me into ministry. I really wasn't, but he just counted it that way. And uh, how gracious the Lord is in doing that. And so um, we uh, have pastored here and been here at this building now, I think, 14 years last November. And uh, God's just continually doing a a greater and greater thing. I've never once been impressed with the size of any church when Cheryl and I before I started pastoring we had a Bible study at uh, San Diego State now you understand I had a Bible study at Point Loma College and I had about 500 students which was about two-thirds of the campus (laughs) was coming to the Bible study and God just did a mighty revival and then Ray Bentley asked me to take over the San Diego State Bible study I'm like That time, like 30,000 students, man, we're gonna have a Bible study, two thirds of that, wow. Um, And I went and there ended up being like five people that showed up and most of the time it was less than that. And, And many times one person would show up and even them 20 minutes late. And I'm just like, yeah, I gotta cancel this thing. And God's like, nope, this is what I've called you to. And the Lord finally, this went on for four years, and finally the Lord just impressed on my heart, you know what, I had to reduce you to one person so you would minister. I can, I can pump teachers out all day long. I can, I can make pastors and charismatic figures and, and I, I can do that endlessly but to find somebody who's a shepherd after my own heart, you would be as excited to talk to me, to this one person as you would to a multitude. And God just did something. So, you know, there was was like one or two or three, and we did everything. We did bonfires and we went to Disneyland. We did all kinds of stuff with them, poured into it as if it was a huge group. And the next year, we have like six people. <laughs> and the next year, like eight people. And, and then finally, in that fourth year, when the Lord released us to no longer do that study, the Lord said, every person you minister to will become a minister. And it's interesting because that handful of people in those years, they all are Sunday school, uh, directors at their churches, pastors' wives. One of the gals that got saved there, Maureen Schaefer. Her husband's the pastor of Calvert Chapel up in Whittier, a prominent a, a church, and she's a has her own radio program. She's a great speaker. Uh, many of them, um, I hear amazing things. What God's doing, and and so at that point, I realized, yeah, it's it's not about numbers anymore. It's just about. Pouring your life into people, ministering to them, and then they will do what you've done. They'll wash feet as you've washed feet. And um, so, you know, God, God has built here a substantive church, but I never cared. Either way, I, I didn't care if it was two people or 300 people. And through the years, you know, we went through some very difficult recessions. There was twice in 32 years I had to go back to work, even when the church was, sub- was, was relatively large at times. It's just, we hit a recession, and uh, the finances just didn't spell out that uh, I could pay a salary as well. And it wasn't a long season, <clears throat> but yet that, that happened. And so again, it's just been a time walking by faith and, and great joy. Well, I'm gonna wrap this up here, but I I do wanna mention a couple of things. It's not that you're getting a new pastor, you are getting a tremendous new pastor. Phil is he's he's just the most down-to-earth guy, but this guy is a pastor of pastors, a leader of leaders. He is a great speaker. He hears from God. I've known him since he was nineteen. He's he was a little dorky and geeky back then, you know. And uh, and uh, and uh, he's just himself. He's just he's just a funny, goofy guy. Then and, and 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 similar to myself. And uh, and joy is. Uh, she's just she's they both they are probably tr- the most amazing Christians I know. Uh, Joy it's she's just a spitting image of my wife and personality and and so forth. but uh, you know just to let you know I mean him coming here was not his only choice. A matter of fact, one of the greatest churches in America, if you know any church history, DL Moody, the Moody Church in Chicago was candidating him to come and pastor that mammoth Church back there. And um, and he had to pray through it and wrestle through it and come to this place and say, and there were other opportunities as well. And, um, and he's like, nope, I'm supposed to be at Calvary Chapel San Diego. And so, you know, <clears throat> looking back, I, I wanted to actually do a whole sermon on you know, how to be a congregant for a pastor. Because it's like, hey, I'm not the pastor anymore, so it's not self-serving. Love me, worship me, kiss me, you know. I, 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 well, Brian, I think you're preaching that sermon because you want us to do something for you. It's like, well, I, I can talk about this now. None of those things, by the way. Um, but, you know, just people are, are, are demanding sometimes. And you get 10 people together and they can give you an expectation of a thousand things uh, senior pastors to be especially depending on the tradition they came from you got to realize a congregation this size um i mean years ago i had to just stop doing weddings and funerals because i I literally would have three or four a week at times uh both of those and uh, trying to get to the hospitals and and, and you just start looking and saying, yeah, if you have a, a smaller congregation, the pastor's at every birthday party and every quinceanera and every wedding, and it's always great to be invited. I mean, I, I'm always joyful. But you never know if you can make it or not. I love parties. I love hanging out. I love doing that. But just be gracious. Just be gracious. Everybody's got their strengths and got their weaknesses. And Phil has a very um, definite call of God. He's a very demanded speaker throughout the world. Um, he's over. He's on the CCA, Calvary Chapel Association, overseeing 17 countries um, in Eastern Europe. That he's going to continue to do. And so, it's, just just realize, man, kindness, grace. He you needs your prayers. And you know this is your church right this is your church and, and 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 so don't come here like you're coming to a theater you know eat your popcorn and leave your trash in the thing and and get out as quick as the movie's over that's not a church guys I mean there's a lot of people streaming now they're, they're going to find a great leanness in their souls Not putting themselves out there to connect. you got to give it time. you got to come early, visit with people. You come here, and there's four people. Hey, can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Hey, let's pray for the pastor before the service starts. Hey, let's pray for the worship team. Hey, you know what? Uh, Something's going on with the youth. they got to retreat. Let's pray for that. You know, sure. Hey, God's been speaking to me this passage this week. What's God sharing to you? Get here early and, and minister to one another. Pray for one another. And then afterwards, give it time. Hang out. Don't, don't go anywhere. And, and it's going to take a while for people to warm up to you. And, and maybe you don't have skills to warm up to other people. You need to develop those. That's be, being lost in the world right now because of technology. But guys, it's not icing on the cake to fellowship. It is the meat and potatoes, OK? Being here, touching, hugging, speaking, loving. It, it, it is the church. I agree the most important thing we do here is teach the Bible. And but at the same time, guys, if if you're just coming to hear a message and leaving, and I and I've had it where people you're going, man, I was in the hospital and nobody came to visit me. It's like, now who are you? <laughs> We've been coming here three years. What's that mean? Coming here three years? Well, we come in on the last song of worship, and we leave during your prayer. And but this is my church. I've been. It's like, you know, you're just gonna find parents. You put into your kids, kids will put into you later. Husbands, if you pour into your wife, your wife will pour into you. You you want friends? Show yourself friendly. You pour yourself into friends. Friends will pour themselves into you. And in the church, if you put yourself out there and speak to one another the word of God, pray for one another, encourage one another. A lot of people are struggling, and so there's a lot of fleshliness, and and there's all every everything in the world is in the church. Hypocrisy and gossip and meanness and bitterness and we're, we're this is a hospital this isn't the cream of the crop man i needed to hear that message today ryan that was that was amazing message um it was short i i, I can never do that that's why he said he's preaching today he said things be short so you can share it's like yeah i can't do that i i, I have no ability to, to preach that short but but i i love that that oh what a It's Jesus, Jesus, the law and the prophets fades, or the law fades with Moses, the prophets, and it's just Jesus shining in his glory, and all you can see is Jesus, and all you can hear is Jesus, and and the Father is speaking to the glory of the Father, listen to my son, and to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, that's what God should be doing in worship and in the word. We get baptized in the Holy Spirit every week. And we go out and we're witnesses and blessings. We, we can't stop sharing with people. Come, come and meet this man from Nazareth. Well, Calvary Chapel, I, I, can anything good come out of Calvary Chapel? Come and see, <laughs> come and see. Yeah, we're just a bunch of regular old carpenters, but God's moving. Guys, I, I just need to let you know, not 10 of you guys praying or 100 of you guys praying or 1,000 of you guys praying is enough. Everybody, if you are a born-again believer here, pray, fulfill. God has something amazing with Calvary Chapel San Diego. Before I started the church, God gave me prophecies of what he was going to do here. And I thought they were all going to be fulfilled in my time of ministry, but it's a very small percentage of what God is yet to do And this is what God's doing through Phil and through joy and through all of you in this next season. So this was just the warm-up. The race hasn't even started yet. We just got the the structure and we got people, but it's you guys stepping up and serving. Guys, don't, don't wait until somebody knocks you down and pins your arm behind your back and makes you sign up to teach Sunday school. You, you put yourself out there. You find it. You, you teach. Sunday school, teach. Be part of the youth. We always need youth to take people up to camp and to drive people over to the beach and, 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 and just to be there, to help out. There's so many aspects of ministry. But in our culture, it's like, well, what do I get out of it? You're not going there to get anything out of it. Jesus didn't come to earth to see what he could get out of it. He came to serve and to be a servant. Well, I really don't know if I need a men's Bible study. It's not for you then. You go there to minister to guys. They need you. The women need you. The kids need you. Whatever the ministry is, quit, quit saying, you know, well, what am I getting out of, what's blessing me? No, you go and as you give, it'll be given back to you, shaken together, running over into your bosom, right? You cannot give God. And so serve. And then I, you know, don't want to bring up the financial thing. But guys, we've got to mature in this area. Many of you guys are amazing tithers and much above that as an offering. But everyone needs to be a part of that. And I just challenge you right now. From this point forward, see what God will do. Only one, and the Bible clearly says, test the Lord, it's a sin. But then God says, in this area of finances, test me. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing more than you contain. And when people come to this, they're like, how can I do it? How can I do it? It's not possible. And then they do it and they're like, how can I never do it? The blessings of God are there, and sometimes they're financial blessings you're getting back. But always there is just a relationship with the Lord as we honor him. He can honor us. And I think that's what you see. Whether it's with the relationships, whether it's just the richness of God speaking into your life. And of course, you're definitely storing up treasure in heaven. And if you know about putting money in at an early age into retirement, that's a good idea. You know, within 30, 40 years, you can have enough to retire if you do it early on. Well, how much for us? We've been putting it in there for decades. And so this is an important thing. And so I would just ask you to give all diligence in your serving the Lord. Come early. Don't come to be ministered to. Come to minister. Stay after. Hug. Get a goal in your mind. I'm going to hug 10 people. Throughout the week, say, before I come back next Sunday, I'm going to share my faith with at least one person. I'm going to invite at least one person to church. And everybody does that. Think of the multiplication of that, guys. It's astounding, isn't it? And so far as us and our next step of ministry, people saying, oh, it's so nice you're able to retire. We're not retiring. As a matter of fact, Um, I was trying to not work with the Poyman ministry that I'm working with for a few more months to try to transition and get everything into order. I've already been helping out other churches, and I'll tell you what I learned. Pray for me. Oh, my. You know, Cheryl mentioned we prayed that this would be the most loving, giving church, and I am spoiled, rotten. How loving and giving and caring this church is. And everybody's come through the years going, man, your church is so amazing. That's, yeah, yeah, all churches are amazing. You know, but boy, as I'm getting out there, I'm realizing, wow, there are some seriously unhealthy churches out there that, that haven't even begun the maturity that you guys have in some areas mastered. And uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing. Need a lot, a lot of prayer. God's been gracious to I and Cheryl financially, but there's a lot of expenses in this ministry. Um, you know, again, I was trying not to do anything until June just to take some time off with me and Cheryl and, and, and concentrate on some things we need to concentrate. But it, the needs are coming in. So it looks like the end of April through most of May, uh, I'm going to be uh, in Peru. Me and Cheryl speaking at uh, Bible college and conferences and visiting the churches and helping out. So what we do is in the appointment ministry, you come in to crisis situations. Sometimes it's a transition of a pastor. Sometimes uh, it's a failure on the pastor's part. Sometimes it's church split. Sometimes they just need pastors get stuck going feel like I'm just doing the same thing and nothing's happening what, what's going on and we come in and assess the church and try to say okay yeah I, I think there's some areas here of why you're you're having that and to encourage them and so it really comes down to, to the Lord opening doors so I'd ask you to pray that God would open doors that no man can shut and he would shut doors that no man can open and um, and then um, guys I People say, man, I'm going to miss your teaching. My plan is, this is one of the things I'm trying to get going, is I'm going to have a daily teaching. Some of it will go on to radios around the nation, uh, but I'm going to have it right from my app and the website. It's going to be about a 20-minute teaching a day, teaching through the Bible. And uh, I am changing my name to J. Vernon McGee. So I think more people will tune in. It'll be my picture, but it'll say J. Vernon McGee. <laughs> but no, I'm just going to teach through the Bible, and and so if you want to, you know, hit the app and listen on the way to work in the morning, and or listen in the afternoon, or um, and and so again, just to do all of those things, the the finances, the energy, the vision, and uh, and and many other things. I, as you know, I went through a very difficult season this uh, last decade with. Uh, arthritis in my body. I have two knee replacements, and ankle replacement. I have to have some other surgeries in the future. And and then the death of our 21-year-old son uh, four years ago. And it was just a very difficult, difficult season. And um, with the opioid crisis, as you know, I, I was in the middle of that storm. And uh, it was a very, very horrible season. My wife and my kids, my daughter, hi, Renee. And Justin, they were just so loving and kind to that, that horrible, hellish season. I'm actually writing articles now. I'll be posting in um, the Calvary Chapel magazine. It's called Pastors on Pain Medication When the Opioid e- Epidemic Reaches the Ministry. Because I'm already ministering to pastors, their wives, their, their kids, their assistant pastors who are um, on pain medications. And, uh, and it's something that I went through and all of you went through it with me and thank you for your love and your, your graciousness on that. I did have uh, one more thing to say but I do have a two minute video and, um, and then thank you guys for being gracious. I, I, I know you're like going, this is going too long, sorry. <laughs> um, but hey, it's my, you know, it's like you're never gonna have to do this again. Just a one time <laughs> deal. So can you guys show the video on employment ministry and then I'll talk a little bit more about that my name is bill holdridge and i'm uh, the director of poyman ministries our ministry helps pastors and one of the things we do is help with transitional pastoral ministry when a church finds
2: itself without a pastor over the
1: you know, 29 years I was at Calvary Chapel, North Phoenix. As time went on, I'm thinking, well, I wanted to have a younger fella come in and take the church to, into the next generation. And, and you know, the day that it was the handoff was actually a surprisingly exciting time because at the same time, um, I really wanted to use all the ministry experience that we had and pass it on to the next generation somehow. And meeting with Bill and the other fellows, it just seemed to dovetail so well. There were those that were that didn't ever want to say, I need help, but desperately needed help. And finally, they had the courage to see us as kind of a safe group t- to make that step. When a church has a pastor that's retiring, they love their pastor. They've been with that pastor for 20 years. They don't want to see him go. But when they find one of us there on site, to just uh, calm the waters, like Phil was saying, you know. (laughs) You can almost feel the church breathe a sigh of relief. Four years ago, Pastor Steve Marquez of Calvary Chapel Fort Smith discovered that he has cancer. When it developed, he contacted us to see if we could find a pastor and help in that transition. Uh, We have officially turned the church over to uh, Pastor Chris. My wife and I just knew this is where God was calling us, was to Fort Smith. Our hearts ached for the city of Fort Smith and the people here, Mm -hmm. and we absolutely fell in love with the congregation and the family that sits inside that church. One of the things I might add, uh, there's pastors watching this right now who might want to join the team because they're at that age where they're starting to think about transitioning their church and wondering what they're going to do after they've left the pulpit, we need help. You're welcome to come and join us. So Bill Holdridge is the beginner of that ministry appointment as the bishop, overseer. And each of these, there's nine of us now, and each of these guys pastored very large churches, most of them much larger than this church, even though it's a very large church. And uh, on average, these guys pastored about 30 years. I think the least is 27 years. Some of these guys pastored almost 40 years. Tremendous guys. I mean, these guys are amazing uh, men of God, and, and God's using them all over the world. And so I'm very, very honored to be a part of that. And uh, so, again, I just need your prayers. I need. Uh, again just you guys to to pay attention to what's happening through the app and the website just so you know how to to pray you can sign up and i'll send you newsletters of what's happening and how to pray for us and uh, i just know god's going to do amazing amazing things in this next season of our life and ministry as well as um as here and this is our home church we're going to be here i mean um, with technology now we may not have to be gone that much. We can do a lot of stuff on online, but we definitely uh, You'll see us regularly. So don't feel weird We're full of joy. This is the Lord doing it Exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think God's been doing it And so I'm going to turn it back over to Ryan at this point point.
0: Well, we've held it together so far um i thank you guys for being so gracious and and mature and loving i know we're going a little bit over but it's just the amount of love and time and sacrifice that brian and cheryl have have poured into you guys i think we can give them a few more minutes um i'm just going to pray over brian and cheryl and if you guys want to just pray with me um and then I got a quick surprise video for them as they go and sit down. If anyone's got a box of tissues to give them. (laughs) But let's uh, let's pray. God, I thank you so much, God, for being so gracious to us, God, for raising up faithful people, Lord, to carry your word. Lord, to lift up the name of Jesus, to, to preach the word as the infallible truth of God. Lord, we want to continue on that legacy, God, to to bring the gospel to people that, that are lost. Lord, to love on people and to disciple them, Lord, I pray that you continue the ministry that Brian and Cheryl have, have established here at Calvary Chapel San Diego. Lord, as you bring Phil in to, to just carry on the work, I pray that we wouldn't miss a beat, Lord, because it's the same gospel, it's the same Jesus, it's the same word that we preach, God, and it was never about Brian because he made it a point to not make it about him. And we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we thank you that, that this whole church is built upon Jesus Christ. And and we continue, Lord, to, to the day you come back, Lord, to, to preach that message, God, the message of the Bible, that Jesus Christ died and rose again for our sins, to forgive us and uh, to welcome us into his presence. And I pray just blessings upon blessings in their life, Lord, that you'd provide for them, that you would bless them you give them grace and um, just surround them with people that love them lord and we'll pray for them so thank you jesus for them and i pray that we just bless them today in jesus name amen Amen.